The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. One of my favorite cartoons right now that I've seen probably a dozen times is a cartoon of Mary talking to Jesus as a baby, telling him to get in the bath right now, and Jesus is walking on top of the water on the bathtub. It always makes me laugh, just a, just a little bit, a little snicker as we prepare for baptism this morning for these wonderful children. The wonderfulest of small packages is what great things come in, it seems to me. And sometimes in our human condition, we have the tendency to try and uh, unwrap packages that shouldn't be wrapped or to rewrap things that should be wrapped as we uh, round the corner into Christmas. Mary being a prime example So let's take just a little bit of a journey, anthropologically speaking, and talk just a moment about what it is that we're looking at here in such a person as Mary. We know, factually, that Mary would have been somewhere around 13 to 15 years old. That's right. And so that would have been the common age for uh, a young lady to have married at that time. Um, to have been given up, uh, whether with dowry or without, and to be married and to have a child. That was a commonality. And in fact, it would 
remain common really up until the last maybe a couple of hundred years. If you fast forward from Mary to maybe uh, 1400 years later and take a look at a great playwright by the name of William Shakespeare, he writes this play called Romeo and Juliet in which Juliet is 13 or 14 years old and Romeo is 15. Because what we knew then, and we know it now, but we, we ignore it, is that um, there's this little thing called hormones <clears throat> that happens. Don't worry, parents, I'm not gonna go into it right now. But there's this little thing that called, called hormones that happens, and we understand how the body works and what the feelings are and how men and women are and how they love each other uh, in steadfast fidelity. And so, um, but because we became concerned over the last few hundred years as to um, the scarlet letter of people, we began to increase the age of marriage. And so to the extent that now we have arrived at a point where it is more common for men and women to marry somewhere around the age of 30 and have their first child, average age of about 32 or 33. And yet we have the nerve to say to them, don't do anything. Even though your hormones are raging, don't do anything. Wait 17 years. That always works well. So, so we have this amazing young woman, this Mary, this wonderful, beautiful, small package, 13 years old. And I, and I want to just take you back for a moment and put your frame of mind just for a minute as your 13-year-old self, okay? I can do that very quickly. The first thing I think about is acne, but, you know, it, there are other things too. So you've gone back, you're 13 years old, you have all of this going on in your life in terms of your hormones, in terms of what your brain thinks and what it doesn't think, how you judge, how you misjudge, how you understand, how you interpret, all of those things at 13 years of age. I simply cannot imagine an angel of God coming to me and saying, you're going to have a child that's going to be the son of God. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. The power of the Lord is going to come upon you. I know. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you, and you're going to have this child. And for Mary to say, yes, yes. Children get it, see? <laughs> I really can't imagine what it must be like for a 13-year-old to be posed with that question and to say yes. I can't imagine myself even meeting an angel of God at 13 and being asked to do something and saying yes. In fact, as an adult, when God comes to me oftentimes in prayer or seems to be leaning upon me or pressing upon me about one thing or another, more often than not, my reaction is no. No, please don't make me do that. It's rarely yes. And yet, we have this wonderful person in Mary who says, yes. It's quite extraordinary when you think about it, because not only is she saying yes to being uh, a mother, she's saying yes to becoming pregnant without a husband. All of a sudden, I sound like Barack Obama. And so, um, she says, uh, yes to all of those things when she knows that she can be stoned to death. In fact, Joseph can rightfully turn her in and have done so, but he's a faithful man and he does not. 
She goes to see her cousin, whom she knows is barren and cannot bear a child. John, the cousin of Jesus, leaps in the womb of Elizabeth, a beautiful sight. Mary, 13, Elizabeth, who is said to be barren, probably in her 30s or 40s, maybe even 50s. And here is Mary, who has said, yes. And Elizabeth has said, the mother of my Lord is right here in front of me. To what do I owe this pleasure? In our lives, <clears throat> the packages that seem to be the most unassuming, the small ones, the ones that we discount, the ones that we think are not that important, always seem to be the ones that are the most powerful in their yes and how they say it and what they do. If you need any further proof of that, then simply look at Jesus himself. Jesus himself is the same way in many ways. God incarnate, born into a cattle shed, no power, nothing whatsoever. Someone asked me the other day, do you think that Jesus got a cold like we do? I said, yeah, I would imagine he got head colds. And they said, do you think he just pointed at himself and healed himself? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, though, if he could. So, you know, um, Jesus was just like one of us. Cold, flu, laugh, cry, uh, depressed, all of those things that come with us came with him and his humanity. Here is the Son of God. Here is the third, second person of the Trinity. Here is God incarnate who could have easily said, no but said yes to humanity and became one of us, took on our sin, the most unassuming packages in God the Son here on earth incarnate and Mary, the most unassuming packages that we unwrap over the next few days as we turn the corner into the Christmas season are the ones where we say yes to God, where we say yes to following, to being a disciple, to loving, to praying, to treating every human being with respect and dignity so that people can see in our walk and see in our life that we have said yes to Jesus and on this day to Mary also. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. The candidates for holy baptism will now be presented. <clears throat> 